0: Hey, we're just about to jump into the episode, but before we do, did you know we have a junior friendly Discord community? It's completely free to join. If you want to join us, the link is in the description. We'd love to have you. All right. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another podcast episode where we help aspiring developers get jobs and junior developers grow. In this podcast, we are going to be reviewing digital crafts. So what I like to do with my podcast, I get past a lot of the marketing BS and I want real reviews. From real graduates, because there's a lot of information out there. I know it's confusing trying to figure out what program is the right one for you. If even a coding boot camp or program like this is for you. So we're going to dive into this like usual. We're going to go ahead and start off with our intros. So, um, Jermaine, we'll start with you. I have a few questions for you. Yes. When, when did you graduate? Um, where are you at in your job search? And what industry did you come from?
1: I graduated October, 2021, uh, it's full stack software engineering. And I come from a field of landscape design.
0: Okay, cool. Um, where are you at with the job search?
1: I'm, I'm a current student at Columbia university. I'm in a software yeah. engineering program right now. So, uh, I continue the educational part.
0: What made you decide to do a coding boot camp to supplement that?
1: Uh, digital Crafts was my first coding boot camp. I was just trying to get into it, and uh, they was offering full scholarships at the time, so I applied and I won a scholarship. So you know, I wanted to start out in a career in technology, and I just felt that Digital Crafts was the fit for me at the time.
0: Okay, cool. All right. Thanks for sharing. How about you, Jason?
2: All right. Uh, So uh, I graduated in August of 2021. I'm currently pursuing uh, open opportunities. I uh, was recruited about two weeks uh, prior to graduation for a uh, large corporation uh, was kind of told that it would be a developer position was more of an analyst position very lucrative but not what I really trained for uh my background uh, I actually was like tech support for a telecom uh, before before uh, pursuing digital crafts so I did the self-taught route for um I don't know, about eight months before deciding to go to a boot camp and kinda get it in gear and, and fast track it.
0: Okay. Do you do you feel like you wish you would have gone to a coding boot camp sooner, or did you find that it, it was valuable to do that long of self-taught?
2: Yeah, the the self-taught uh helped me and it kind of put me a step ahead. I'd already done my battles with uh GitHub and those kind of things that, so I wasn't really stuck on that. I, I could spend more time on code as opposed to trying to push code. <laughs> no, you know, I mean, GitHub, it, you know, had its own challenges and it, just different things, but I, yeah, it, it kind of helped me and it, it I was able to help other students too, you know, that I've been there. Okay. This is what I did.
0: Okay, cool. Thanks for sharing. How about you, Abby?
3: I graduated in January 2021. Um, let's see. Why did I decide to do it? Was the next question. It was because. Wait, wait. Oh no! It was my background. So I was in high volume MSP recruiting as an admin, um, and I did not as want a what to be you cut out. As an admin, uh, administrative role, and I had been in customer service for about a decade at that point, and I was really tired. Being in customer service. Um, so I started researching a bunch of different careers and a bunch of different boot camps. I was actually looking at data science boot camps, and my husband mentioned web development and was like, you like colors. You'll move boxes around pixel by <laughs> pixel. You'd probably be good at web development. And that's when I started researching digital crafts.
0: Okay. Interesting. Um, wait, where are you at in the job search right now?
3: Oh, I am currently employed. Um, I managed to get my old recruiting company to hire me back as a software developer. And now I am working at an accessibility company.
0: Okay. Very cool. All right. So why did you choose digital crafts over any other program?
2: Is that a free for all?
0: It's a free for all
2: okay uh i I researched and researched uh I spent about four months researching uh boot camps and the thing about digital crafts that attracted me um well the stack all although similar wasn't promising too much uh because there were boot camps out there that promised we're gonna teach you three stacks in so many months and you're like okay well Jack of all trades, master of none was kind of my feeling about that. And so uh, I liked the stack and um, I liked the people, uh, the interview process, everything. And uh, the final deciding factor for me was regional because, they, uh, because what I was dealing with, they were based in Atlanta. Uh, although my instructor ended up being out of Houston, but I thought regionally, You know, whether uh, job placement or anything, you know, uh, that that I wanted to stick to my region, Uh, just just if they could provide assistance that 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 would be beneficial to me as opposed to them being an entirely different market, you know, West Coast or something.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. Okay
3: sort of the same, did a lot of research, did a lot of research on boot camps in general. Um, and when I did my interview, they had all the right answers to my questions that I had gotten from like, you know, like, do the instructors actually care about the students? Do they like have a career services department, stuff like that? Um, and when I was applying and committing. It was March 2020, so in person was still a thing. So um, Atlanta, being out of a Atlanta Tech Village location, meant that you could literally be in an elevator with someone who might hire you. So that was a big selling point at the time. Um, and then there were probably a few other things that were <laughs> on the table when it was an, in- an in-person thing. And then I committed for uh, I was going to start in. September 2020. And I ended up moving it up and starting in August.
0: Okay. When you were trying to figure out if instructors cared about their students, what, how did you word that question?
3: I'm quite blunt. That is how I asked the question. <laughs> um, I I asked a lot of stuff where uh, it was like, will people fail out if they're not meeting requirements? I was told yes. Um, a bunch of questions like that, where it was just like, is this actually like a program where there's back and forth? Because in Atlanta, a lot of boot camps are run, at Georgia tech, but through a company where it's just like a mill. Um, so I had that and the reviews that I had seen for that as like what I don't want. And digital Crafts is pro- promising to be the opposite.
0: That makes sense. Um, well, I tend to get along with candid people. I'm a very candid person myself. Um, and I appreciate that you did ask those questions. A lot of people are scared too, but my concern is, and maybe this is like, Maybe I'm trying to figure out feedback for people asking this question. A lot of coding boot camps are going to say, yeah, of course, our instructors care about students. Like, how do you distinguish that bullshit and like that, you know, an actual real empathetic answer from them?
3: I guess the answer is I didn't because uh, people were not failed out when they did not meet requirements.
0: Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Jermaine, how about you?
1: Uh, I did a lot of research as well. It was months. I, could, uh, I took a couple of courses on Udemy. Kind of fell in love with the uh, front end of things. Digital Crafts. they was uh, that curriculum is based around JavaScript and React. So that was something that was uh, that I was interested in. They also do a lot of work for the community for us, giving underrepresented people a chance to actually. Uh, get some training or skill and become a software engineer. I kind of like that they gave the community that opportunity, and uh, that was one of the deciding factors on me going with the curriculum based on the job market and what they was teaching. Uh, and your videos, so it was a lot of deciding factors on going, and the main one was they have a big heart for the community
0: okay all right cool let's dive into things so what do you think of the program the good and the bad
1: uh, i think it's good i did the 26 week uh part-time program it was really with me it was time management working a full-time job like 45 50 hours a week then going to class the instructors they kind of broke it down to simplest terms so uh the class wasn't that large. I think it was like 12 or 14 people. Uh my class at Columbia is like almost 40 people in that class. But uh the bad, I think some things can be improved for how technology evolved. I don't think anyone would, any boot camp can write a curriculum and keep up with how it's evolving and teach that curriculum. It could be some areas could be improved. I think they're getting to that point to where everything is coming together like they want to.
0: What specific area of their curriculum could be improved? Like the main thing.
1: Databases. I think they can concentrate on AWS a little bit more uh, since they already teach that in the class. Uh, go a little bit more deeper into that for his uh, cloud technology, for his databases. And that's really about it that I could think of databases could be something that uh they could just take a look at, but everything else is good. Okay. How about you two? Uh, yes. uh, go ahead.
2: No, y'all did AWS. Jason, did you do AWS? A- AWS was about four hours. Uh, <laughs> was not the exposure yeah. that I expected or had hoped for. Uh, that would be uh, the, the downside part. But you know, it was my group was a really large group compared to most of their cohorts, and uh, the class kind of drove. Uh, where we you know how much time we were able to spend in a particular area so i would say that for me there was there you know aws being essential to to uh, the job market Uh, and then preparation for getting out there i felt i feel like there was a gap between what the employer's expecting and what i was equipped with not a huge gap but a, a, a gap nonetheless i would say that those are the two areas that that most uh, were the downside but the upside uh i mean i felt like i felt like i had attention with the tas i felt like i had time with my instructor i felt i felt like th- those things were important to the school and i felt like those things they made sure that i had access to to the people and and it was about me putting in the time but there were a few areas uh just a few that I mentioned that that could have we could have spent more time.
0: Okay.
3: Yeah to echo Jason um as far as curriculum goes like we could have spent more time on algorithms or they could have been like, you cannot, you can choose to not do algorithms. I think we were supposed to do them like every Friday and that didn't really happen. Um, But as far as the good goes, the teachers did genuinely care about the students. Like my teacher made sure all of our questions got answered, even if it was something where he had to after class, go and try to troubleshoot it on his own and come back the next morning and like, help me out. Um, The like, flow of the class and maybe even the curriculum was like highly dependent on the teacher that you got. Um, And he did make a lot of efforts to like give us life advice and in addition to like the curriculum and stuff. But I was in probably the second or third round of remote cohorts. So like I lost that tech Atlanta tech village thing and everything was done through zoom. Everything's in like a breakout room. So there was a lot of like, not really, getting a chance to talk to other students and we're not be, like really focusing on that. Um and the TAs are great but they're also students of the program so that's both a blessing and a curse. Um the career advice department was like spot on with all of their advice and their requirements like we had to have an online presence to graduate and stuff like that. But then It became a lot of uh, like inconsistencies and small details being dropped. There was a scheduling mess up where we ended up doing our final project over Christmas with no like access to teachers or anything like that because we were supposed to have a break. Um, There were uh, like my application process, like we talked about it with the students. I studied for six months on their pre-work before starting the boot camp, which just like Jason, I highly recommend if you're doing any boot camp to study beforehand and then um, other talking to other people, they didn't have to go through the same like application and test process. And then like a lot of people signed up like a day or two before we were supposed to get a T-shirt that we never got names were wrong on certificates like um. And then like our final presentation, they had been the whole time, like hyping how this final presentation is going to be your chance. We're going to invite companies. You're going to get to like talk to people and like talk to to them about your project. And they forgot to post our link anywhere. They didn't invite anyone. It was like just us and our parents. (laughs) So As a person with ADHD who had already been self-studying, who was there for the deadlines and being forced to do the projects and like having someone else doing that kind of admin, that was really disappointing. Otherwise, I mean, like the stuff we learned was good. I still reference stuff that my teacher taught me. I'm uh, he had a great system where he would assign homework and then go over it the next morning. Um, which like other cohorts were jealous and we did try to like interact with cohorts, other cohorts. So, I don't know. I don't know how much of that was me being like one of the first remote cohorts too.
0: Hmm. Okay. Overall, it sounds like the curriculum was pretty good. Um, Just to be clear, uh, you mentioned this was in Atlanta.
3: Yeah, so I'm in Atlanta. I was supposed to go to the Atlanta uh, campus, and then it was fully remote the entire time. My teacher was out of Houston, and it was a bunch of students from both Atlanta and Houston. So, like, I still have some good friends that live in Atlanta that I met through that. And then we have our one friend in Houston. We are like, come visit.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad, glad you, um, I don't know, you wanted to include them. That's, that's kind of you. Yeah. So being remote like that, it's, it's really tough as a student. I think there's a huge difference in experience in person with other classmates and being remote. And, you know, especially with a lot of uh, coding boot camps and how they execute, like trying to create that immersive, um, amazing experience that you would usually get in person and trying to replicate that with remote and translate it. Properly is a lot of coding boot camps failed with that it's a very hard thing to do and a lot of people that were remote feel kind of isolated right um so you you had mentioned something abby the application process it sounds like maybe they have been inconsistent when you tell me that i guess my concern is when i see that with all other programs a lot of people will um Usually what'll happen is a variety of skill levels will come into the coding bootcamp and it's very hard to keep everyone moving along. And usually the coding bootcamp, I would say this, usually it needs to, it'll prioritize the top students and just kick out the bottom students, or it'll slow down the program to accommodate the beginners and like really try to catch them up. And the top students don't really get what they're paying for essentially, right? So have any of you experienced like a, a variety of skill levels, even like in group projects where you things kind of just felt like out of sync in terms of skill level?
2: Uh, My cohort, I can say a large portion uh, did not do the pre-work or did not put uh, the the time allotted into the pre-work. And it was very noticeable. And it did drag the pace of the class for some of the other people that had i had done the pre-work plus having done eight months of a prep of my own uh it did uh it did slow the pace because i mean they kept everybody together but it wasn't always it wasn't always a good thing but uh but yeah, you would get people on projects, and you would have people, amazing contributors, and I would say more often than not, I had, I worked, I had great teams, uh, but there were a couple of occasions that people were boat anchors and uh, not contributing, and and they hadn't. But it was always, you know, it was kind of predictable because, again, they hadn't put in that pre work even though it had been given to them, they had not done it. Yeah.
3: I was the only one to do the pre-work in my cohort. Uh, like people didn't even know what I was, t- like people signed up like a day before, I'm not joking. And like uh, people were asking if I had prior coding experience <laughs> and the pre-work took me like six months. It was a lot. And um, it was learn Python, learn basic JavaScript were like parts of the pre-work. And so the the class didn't slow down at all. Like I was the one keeping up and then like we were strategically put in breakout rooms where like one of the people that were keeping up were being put with the people who didn't know what was going on uh, for like doing your group work. Um, and then luckily we only had one random group project and my uh, group of friends who had been doing the projects together were like, no. Come. <laughs> so we didn't have a super great time with the random people. And then our last one uh, they just lumped someone in with us because no one he hadn't joined a group and he wasn't really contributing at all. And like by the time the project the end of the project came around, it was just like, oh, yeah, well, I guess he didn't contribute. We're like, OK, cool.
0: OK. Uh,
3: so, yeah, it was still drinking from a fire hose. It, it didn't it didn't we didn't sink down or go up to any sorts of levels. It was exactly what was advertised. And I guess if you couldn't keep up, you couldn't keep up.
2: Okay. I felt fortunate at least for my last project because I had really focused in on who was who and who knew what they were doing and and it really uh, made the capstone project uh it, w- it made it easier but it, because you knew that everybody was going to hold up their part where the first project in a group it was a guessing game because you weren't quite sure but but I was able to, you know, focus in on Okay, this is who I need. I need this person on my team. I got to have them. So so started working on that weeks ahead. Sounds like
0: advice for future students. Yes. Okay. How about you,
1: Jermaine? Uh, My experience, it was a it was a well paced class. We had some people that was more uh, knowledgeable of what was going on. And they was actually a pretty good help. Uh, They would go back, you know, get in little breakout rooms with other students, kind of get them up to speed and what was going on with the T.A. So I think my cohort, it was a well-balanced cohort. Uh, The pace of it was good for the projects. I think is you have to actually feel and know what that person's strength is when you're dealing with a project. Also, the first uh, group project we had, I know this guy, uh, Rajanski, He he, great dude. Uh, he did more so the back end of things. I did more so the front end of things. Uh, that was one of his strengths. So I think when you get in a group project, you have to know that person's strengths and uh, weaknesses as well. Uh, but other than that, you know, I think it was a great cohort. Okay. It sounds like we were
3: super lucky to find each other in the first project.
1: <laughs> I
3: think so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go tell my friends. Because <laughs> like, we were all, we were definitely like, we all do the work. So we don't need to worry about each other. And then that carried on. And then that, yeah, you could definitely tell. I'm not, I'm not there to follow up on other people. Okay. Got my own fire hose to drink from. <laughs> uh,
0: so, I just want to look something up real quick. Yeah, so the the program itself is 16 weeks, right?
3: If you do full-time. It sounded like Jermaine did the 26-week part-time. Yes,
1: the part-time.
0: Sometimes part-time programs allow allow students to catch up if they started at a disadvantaged spot uh, skill-wise. Um. That pre work should be required, and I'm sure they were just trying to fill the class up, right? And you have to pay instructors, and I, I, I would need like a, a very detailed report of their finances and why they choose to like, you know, have the ratios of instructors and TAs and, and stuff like that. And I don't have that information, so it, you know, pushing people into it very quickly. I would say this a program like. Some people argue like, well, you want to make a program accessible to everyone. Um, And that's bullshit because accessibility doesn't mean bringing people into a program that aren't prepared for it. It just isn't. You're paying like $10,000, right? And so that just means create some pre-work and make it required. And and I think sometimes we give an unrealistic uh, situation to people and like we... I think a lot of people are just sometimes they're tired of their careers and they they are very emotional about it and they jump in. Right. And I think coding bootcamps in general need to do a better job at preparing them for that fire hose. Sometimes I think coding bootcamps just they're like, oh, yeah, other coding bootcamps. It's like a fire hose. So it's OK. You're going to struggle. You're going to panic. And it's like it's OK. It's normal. It's like, well, there are coding bootcamps that have better prepared students and have alleviated some of that concern and brought people's skill levels up to where they need to be. So um, I'm not saying digital crafts is just like tossing everyone in and you know, you make it, you make it. I don't think they necessarily have that mindset, but I think digital crafts should take that seriously. And I think um actually my question is the application process and in the interview. Did you have, go through like a a rigorous technical interview at least?
1: I did. I had to do like two Zoom meetings, I had to do a coding challenge, uh, do all the pre-work. Uh the typing command line. So even though I was with the part-time cohort, we still had to do those things to, uh, for us to get into digital crafts. Okay. How about you too.
2: Yeah. I had to do a technical challenge. Uh, I, I was, I did other technical challenges for other boot camps, uh, while I was looking at it. I mean, I got, that far in the process and i would say that theirs was um on par on par they were all fairly some were harder than others but uh but it was i would say it was on par Uh, and then of course then there was like a screening interview uh just like a behavioral kind of kind of like you know like you're looking for a job you know there was the behavioral portion and there was the technical portion. Okay. And then and then I was given the pre work. So gotcha.
3: I had to do one browser IDE like entry level algorithm question where like you had to write a for loop basically. Um, and then I scheduled the interview, which was like a few questions like typing speed and stuff like that. And then I was handed the pre work and told that I was cleared. And I started studying. I don't don't know if maybe I'd just give off overachiever, which is definitely possible. (laughs) You
0: seem like you'd put a lot of energy into something like this. And
3: I mean, that's also
0: advice for prospect students. Um, I don't know. It's a $15,000 program around. At least that's what course report is listing it as. Um,
3: I know Jermaine had mentioned their community stuff. Um, I got a minor scholarship like some off for being a woman and then i know there are a lot of veterans in my cohort um so like they're definitely putting that effort in to not just making it a funnel for like the type of people that you typically see in tech which i did appreciate
2: okay yeah about 80 percent of my cohort was a veteran as well
0: okay I mean, that's um, I think course reports still will show like financing options. So um, in scholarships and stuff like that, uh, I'm not even seeing uh, scholarships for veterans, but I don't know. I'm not going to look into detail with this, but definitely look those up. Um, I guess my question. Hmm. Let me feel this out. I feel like that's a very basic test, and I'm a little bit worried about that, Abby. Um, that seems like a really simplistic test. I, I've heard a lot of different tests that a lot of coding boot camps give. And for that expensive of a program, I would quite frankly expect a little bit more of a, a higher bar to get in. Like I said, we could talk about accessibility all day, but it's incredibly important that you're prepared for the program. They do extend it out 16, I mean, uh, for the full time 16 weeks. So even if they toss the second back in language, that's doable. I get that, you know more attention on aws i think more coding bootcamp should focus on that i truly do i think that's important if you're going to be pushing back you your front end no there's no reason for you to pick up aws um i think it's helpful to like i guess this is just random advice too it's like if you are considering front end maybe consider you don't even have to go to a coding bootcamp that like really dives deep into databases or just um launches and and um web hosting in general, but you could uh, connect to something like Firestore, right? A lot of front-end developers can use some sort of external cloud database to be able to like really make a full-fledged application, just knowing some of their front-end skills, which is interesting. Um,
3: yeah, we did touch on Firestore. We well, did?
0: Yes.
3: Yeah. Um, and people were using it in their projects because we spent a day or two on it. Um, and then you think that was... A minor test, uh, talking to people in my cohort, they didn't, they didn't even go through that. Like there wasn't even that, but, um, and I think one of the good things that I forgot, forgot to mention was, um, one of the things that I took out of it was the online presence. And that's been, what's getting me jobs because my teacher really stressed, uh, he had gotten his jobs because he does a bunch of recorded, uh, courses and the, owner, founder of the bootcamp came into our first day and challenged everyone to write four blog posts by the end of the four months. Mm. And uh, that's what got me started. So like that was good. Uh, they did push us to use templates for portfolios, though. And it wasn't really until I actually built my portfolio myself that I started getting bites. Okay. Um.
0: I'm actually worried that they're pushing Firestore. This is a full stack program, right?
3: I wouldn't yes. say pushing. I wouldn't say they taught we it. Touched, now. Yeah, we taught they. Uh, he touched on using it for storage, use it like as as an example of a different type of database, and then also their login, which people tried to use in one of their projects, and basically spent the entire time getting Firebase login set up, uh, the authentication, and everything.
0: Well, and that's, that's essentially just a library where you are going to invest a little time picking it up, but you're not really learning how to even use an ORM or anything that you would normally use to connect to a database, something that's going to be more marketable. So um, there is a learning curve to it, but you're not really growing as a back end developer using it. Um, and I, I think like, exposure to that could be important. I think that's kind of cool. But you're already saying, like, they're not spending a lot of time with AWS. I think they should invest more time into that. I think that's important for a full stack program. And my big concern is that they're letting people use Firestore in the group projects. These are projects that are supposed to reinforce everything that you're learning, right? Is that the technology that you really think your students should reinforce? Is that going to be hireable? Is that going to be marketable among employers? Um, Not from what I've seen across the United States, at least. That could be different in different countries.
3: And each of our projects had like a requirement as to what we were showing. And they chose to do that on top of the requirement (laughs) that we were actually focused on because we had touched on it for two days. Um, And it was definitely like we used an ORM. We used SQLize and Postgres, um, which has been helpful picking up other ORMs and models uh, going forward. But um, yeah, honestly, more than any technology, I think uh, a lot of the ways that he taught Picking up tools were what I still use, like how to approach it, uh, you know, looking at documentation, community support, that kind of stuff.
0: Okay. That is a benefit of more exposure to that kind of stuff. That definitely is. That blog thing is a really interesting thing. And I think when I hear all of you describe like career services, it sounds like it went pretty well overall. Um, it sounds like they know what they're doing and, I'm telling you, career services, they're always burned out. And sometimes you it, it's like a hit or a miss. It's almost like a coding bootcamp has really good career services or really bad career services. And the fact that, like, it sounds like they know what they're doing in kind of just getting exposure, getting eyes from recruiters, from hiring managers on, like, the blog post thing is brilliant. It really is. I think that's smart. I mean, showing your process, exposing that, like, just being vulnerable in that way. Most people aren't even willing to do that. The fact that they're pushing that, um, it's a pretty good sign that they know how software engineers can really stand out.
3: Um, If y'all had as much of an emphasis as we did on making sure your GitHub projects were, um, like a a interviewer could go and look at them and immediately be able to get into the project, and the readme was really descriptive, and you had walkthroughs and stuff, or if that was just my teacher. But yeah, career services was honestly great. They give about a bunch of resources. They have uh, a whole database of job boards that you can apply to. They did career fairs in between cohorts that if you didn't have a job, you were invited to. Um, they have a bunch of recorded talks from all of their partners around in different companies where they, Uh, You might even be able to get those if you don't go to digital crafts on their YouTube or something. But uh, they've recorded sessions where like one that happened during our cohort was uh, just on salary negotiation and calculating benefits and stuff like that. And they're always there with questions and they review your resume and your portfolio and stuff. And you have to meet requirements and all of those. They give you a bunch of resources on like templates for your resume and stuff like that. And, uh, me being from a recruiting background, they let me rant at my cohort a bit, which I appreciate.
0: <laughs> That's pretty cool. I like that. Okay. I have one question. How big, we'll go one at a time. How big was your cohort? Um, how many teachers did you have and how many, uh, teaching assistants did you have? Uh, Jermaine, we'll start with you.
1: Uh, I think at the end of the cohort, we had like 14, maybe 14, 15 people. What did you uh, start with? We start with, we started with like 20, okay. maybe 20, 21. And uh, what was the other question? I forgot the other question.
0: Um, so how
1: many teachers
0: in teaching assistants did you have?
1: Two instructors and one TA.
0: Okay. How about you, Jason?
2: uh we had uh we started with 24 and uh we had one instructor and two TAs and it was two TAs pretty much at all times um you know one of them was there for the entire program and then uh then we had a rotating kind of slot for another ta but we always had two tas uh, available okay it
3: started with 15 one dropped out on like the first day uh one person got a job probably into three months he had applied to 400 jobs during boot camp and got one uh, and then one person was still in class but didn't meet the requirements so i guess 13 people graduated, including the guy who got a job. Okay. And then we had one teacher and one TA, and that was it.
0: Okay. The ratios aren't bad, they're not ideal. But they're not I've heard much worse. And like I usually when I hear this stuff, I'm comparing it to all the other programs that I've reviewed. They're not bad. Um, I expected more people to drop out, given that the requirements seem a little bit low with the application process, as well as like really making the pre-worker requirement. I think they should focus on that a little bit more. Um, Okay, that's interesting. Who do you think this program is for? And who do you think this program is not for? Thinking like even technical skill level, thinking personality wise, habits, like really think about this question. Who's it for and who's it not for?
1: I think it's for anyone who's motivated, dedicated, willing to put the time and effort into studying, learning, taking the time out for boot camp. For a person that's uh, someone that's not a lazy person, I think it could be a lazy person, a person who don't retain knowledge, a little bit with a quick type of method because you have so much information being pushed in front of your face. Uh, So I think a person that feels overwhelmed all the time shouldn't do nothing like a boot camp. And I think that's about it.
0: Okay.
2: I would say uh the program's definitely for people that want to challenge themselves, want a new career, want an opportunity at a new career. Uh but yeah, the 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 challenging part, pushing yourself, seeing what you're capable of, uh pushing through those things that maybe maybe something's not going to come easy to you right away but pushing through that and figuring it out and the satisfaction of figuring it out uh I've not for and I would say this for any boot camp not just digital crafts the not for anybody that wants to make a career change into software development just because i hear it's lucrative <laughs> that's it's not a reason to do it and that's not a reason to, you're going to be successful at boot camp because there's going to it's trial by fire and it there's a whole lot more you've got to have more invested in it than than just well i've got a i know a guy that did it and's making great money now well that's great but it, you've got to survive survive this and you've got to like put in your time every day whether somebody's you know, it's like college, you know, nobody's making you put in the time. It's about whether or not you're going to put in the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would the same for digital crafts for any boot camp. Don't don't make a change. Don't jump into it. Just you, you got to like it and want to stick it out. OK,
0: um, so for anyone hearing that he's essentially saying, don't just do it for the money. So I've I've touched on this topic multiple times, very controversial topic. I will die on this hill. I 100% agree with you. There is no, there's so little success for people that just think they're going to get rich by becoming a software engineer. I see so many fail. I hosted a meetup, mentored over a thousand software engineers in Chicago, a lot that didn't have a lot of income and they just kept coming in. And, you know, I really got to know their reasons, what motivated them, what kept them going forward. And most people that just did it to up their salary they failed. Right. But you have to realize there are a lot of, sometimes it's just giving realistic expectations. You're not going to get a software engineer job within three months, right? Extending that out a bit, like giving yourself more financial space to be able to do that. And sometimes it means not switching your career right away. As horrible as your current job might be, I mean, you have to consider that, right? So, um, yeah, disagree in the comments. I, I know some of you will disagree, disagree in the comments. I want to hear them. We'll do another live stream and I will die on this hill, but I think that's good advice. Thank you. How about you? Yeah.
3: I'm just going to echo what both of you said. Yeah. I mean, I tell uh, people who are trying to break into tech all the time, you know, one of the reasons that I was willing to commit to this type of boot camp was because I had that six months to figure out do I actually like this? Like, am I interested in this at all? And I was already the type of person who was presented with a problem. and would say, Oh, let me just Google it and figure out how to do it. And if you're the type of person who does that, who will take it upon yourself to figure it out and really understand a lot of what you're being taught, like, it's not enough just to complete these assignments. You have to, really dig deep into what they're trying to teach you using the assignments and do the drills and do it over and over and over again, make, you know, 20 to-do list apps by the end of bootcamp. And to do that, you have to actually somewhat enjoy what you're going to be doing. And then I, I did get a job three months out of bootcamp, but that's because I applied to like 200 jobs. I networked my butt off I job searched almost 24 seven. And then even before that I was studying living and breathing code for almost a year and it wasn't just being in class and completing the assignment. I was working extra hours every single day. I was working on the weekends. I was, uh, and that was after already more than like everyone in my cohort before entering it. So, you know, you saw the people who had just gotten into it on a whim and didn't like it struggle day after day and then not know why. And it really takes someone who is either just absolutely in love with it or already knows how they learn, how they're going to uh, schedule out their days, how they're going to make time for something like this. Because even if you're doing it part time, you're still doing stuff outside of class on top of the classes. So, yeah, I, I was uh, I was in it for community and deadlines uh, by the end of it. And that that is what it did. Yeah.
0: OK. I have a question specifically for you, Abby, but um, just to clarify my point, when I say three months, I'm talking about videos that will like, they'll encourage self-taught developers. They'll get a job within three months, but that's a good point. Like you can be that statistic that gets a job within three months after coding bootcamp. Cause I, I stress you the average person. I think self-claimed outcomes misrepresents what the average person is going to be capable of in the time frame of it. Now I dove into a lot of detail about that. So I'm not going to dive into it again, but Yeah. I mean, you can. Networking is key. Like Abby, you've over and over, you've emphasized that and, and just kind of putting yourself out there in those blog posts. Um, that's the kind of stuff that will make you that good statistic to get that job sooner. It's good advice. Um, specifically with you, you mentioned you had ADHD, right? Um, I don't think I've ever asked this question. So I'm just curious what, like, what was like one major pro and one major negative thing with having that in the program?
3: Uh, I was actually, I was undiagnosed in the program and it was part of what helped me figure out that I have ADHD because I would get so sucked into a problem and look up and eight hours would be gone. And I was getting ergonomic issues. I was unable to like get up from my desk and eat and stuff like that. So, uh, it was a interesting, like, how coding just absolutely wires into my brain, just like video games. Cause like, you struggle, you struggle, you struggle, then you get it and it prints out and it works. So that was, that was a boon, I guess. It continues to be a boon. Um, the downside was like, I was really looking for someone to take all of that administrative stuff off my plate to take the scheduling to me not have to think about it and just think I've got this done on, on this deadline. And it turned into a lot of like, um, me having to wrestle with the inconsistencies of the schedule and things like them saying that I would have that time over Christmas. And then now I've got my in-laws coming over and I'm having to do the project. i like, all this stuff is going. And, um, I was lucky that I could take the time to do it full time. Um, and I think that was really good for me, but, uh, with like the project management and, uh, that I got tossed into and like stuff like that, it, it did get very overwhelming at times. And, uh, especially during job searching, like people, like people in my life had to be like, Abby, you have to go outside. You cannot, you cannot keep applying to jobs constantly every day. And I was like, but I'm unemployed. The boot camp is (laughs) over. So (laughs) you can see how this is a, is a constant life thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Of course. What I think that's, honestly, I just want you to, um, I was curious, but I I think that's going to be valuable. I think Um, one thing I don't really talk about is like a lot of, um, just mental things that people deal with that might be a little abnormal, different than the average that they don't really talk about. You don't hear those stories. Right. So, um, I think your story will resonate with more people than you expect it to. All right. I feel like I asked a lot of the questions that I wanted to ask. Uh, do you have anything else to add that we didn't cover?
2: I would do your research, do the research, put in the time, make sure that uh, this is really what you want to go after. This is something you really want to do, whether it's the self-taught route or whatever, you're going to, you got to put in the time and the effort and uh, it it pays off and and you can get a good job and, and, you know, change your circumstances. And I've seen it, you know, uh, you know, do it for myself do it for other people see to change their circumstances but uh but you've got to be willing to just just put that effort in i like it it's
0: a good thing to end with all right thank you jason thank you all of you um let's jump into outros so if people want to reach out to you we'll start with you jermaine where could they reach you anything else you want to share we cannot hear you
1: they can reach me on LinkedIn at uh, Jermaine Bailey. Uh, I do have a freelance uh, brand that I uh, founded back in 2016. It's called Brandetics Technology. What I do is I help people build brands through technology for social media optimization, ad optimization, analytics, reporting, and uh, now web development. Okay. So that's it, Brandetics technology.com. I also built that website myself.
0: Awesome. No one ever shares that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm actually really happy that you shared that. That's cool. Okay. Well, check out, uh, check out that website. Um, Jason, how about you?
2: Uh, You can find me at Jason Humphrey, H-U-M-P-H-R-E-Y.io. You can email me that way. I did build the website after doing like, uh, the template because we had to get through the program, but yeah. So, uh, yeah, check it out and, uh, hit me up if you have any questions or or anything else. Okay. Sounds good. How about you, Abby?
3: My handle everywhere, but LinkedIn is, uh, Abby Perini, A-B-B-E-Y, like an old church Perini starts with P like a potato And uh, you can find me on Twitter. I write a bunch of blogs, especially for uh, beginners, helping them through stuff, uh, fun stuff. I really enjoy building really dumb things that I find fun and then telling people how I did it. Um, And then, yeah, that's where... (laughs) abbypruny.dev, also where you can find me. And then, uh, yeah, the advice that I had for people was just career changers are awesome. Think of your experience as a T-shape instead of, you know, you're just starting from fresh because you've already proven that you can do a job. You've already proven that you can get along with your coworkers and you have that outside experience that people from a more traditional path do not. Um, and find you a community because it gets, long and dark that road and you need people in your corner telling you how awesome you are for taking that huge leap um yeah that's it for me
0: okay i love it good advice well jermaine jason abby thanks so much for coming on i really appreciate it sit around for a couple minutes but thank
1: you